Welcome to Peace Teachings Podcast, where we explore, cultivate, and celebrate our spiritual nature together. I'm Jennifer Norton. And I'm Paola Castro, and it is our joy to bring to you this wisdom teachings. Have you ever had the honor of witnessing the miraculous healing and spiritual awakening of a beloved soul sibling? having the privilege to walk side by side one another as we each continually, incessantly self-remember. <laughs> I have, and we have, and we do. This is something we get to experience in our global spiritual community. Faith and trust and grace and harmony and beauty. These are just some of the spiritual qualities that come into my awareness when I contemplate today's guest. Hmm. Deb Varn is a new Agape licensed spiritual practitioner from the class of 2022. Deb has served 30 years as an educator, coach, assistant principal, and elementary school principal. She played in a rock and roll band for years, recording two full-length CDs and one solo EP called Miles and Time by Deb Varn Band. Deb sings at our Agape spiritual community gatherings in the LGBTQ ministry, Agape East and Enlightened Heart spiritual centers, as well as in her home state of South Carolina. Deb serves at the Agape International Spiritual Center in one of the heart in crisis and support the Agape University in Prague One Studies, LGBTQ ministry, and in the prayer ministry. Deb also serves as a local Jubilee Circle in Columbia, South Carolina, speaking and leading the house band bi-weekly. She says her joy is in service. And here to share with us her own spiritual healing journey. It is our great pleasure to introduce to you our fellow practitioner, Love Ninja Sister. Dear That's listeners, right. please welcome with us Deborah Varn. Deb! Yay! I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. You're welcome, welcome. Thank you. I am blessed so beyond measure. Yeah. Yes. So Deb, um, we'd love to, I mean, your your journey, it's uh has been very inspiring to me. Um mm. When we, we we were in class together, every time you spoke, the the consciousness that your words carry are are deep and are profound, and I can tell that you've had deep experiences in your life, a, a journey that has taken you um, to places that probably most of us have never been in. So. Um, mm. I would love, we would love for you to share um, how this journey has been for you and, and especially when it comes to uh, the healing of your body temple. Yes. Oh, thank you so much, Paula. What, what a, a great question. And, you know, I was brought up in the Baptist church here in the South and, and I love God so much and I studied the Bible. And I used to have these this morning practice, and I didn't know it was a spiritual practice, where I would read the Bible and a devotional, and I would pray to, to start my day. And it was just a wonderful thing. But then it got to a point in my reading where I came to this verse in Romans where it talked about people who exchanged the truth of God for a lie. It, they, it lended them over to um, emotion moral thoughts, immoral behaviors, uh, because they were gay. And I knew in my heart that I never, ever exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And that, and I went to a, a Bible study at, at Baptist College, of all places, for athlete, athletes. And uh, they read something that said, when two are, are not in agreement, they neither can walk together nor can they reason together. And so it was at that, that point I called myself walking away from God, walking away from, from the church because of what I, I knew to be true in my being. But, you know, you can walk away from God all you want, but because God is within us, it's like, okay, I'm here. If you, if you, if you ever want to get together and have some dialogue, I, I'm still with you always and in always. 
And so I had a I had a great life. I, I actually I was a, a manifestor consciousness. I was drawing all kinds of really cool experiences into my life and and recording records and playing rock and roll and all the fun stuff that comes along with that. <laughs> <laughs> And but it wasn't long after I recorded that first record. And the interesting thing is one of the songs on the record is Start With Me. If the world will change, let it start with me and the wisdom of humility. And at that point I felt like spirit said, Okay. <laughs> you ready? You ready for some humility, Devon? And it wasn't long after that that um, I found out that I had kidney cancer. It was, it was kind of a fluky thing that my doctor was able to find it. And then it was, seemed like there was one thing after another. You know, the kidney cancer, my best friend was killed. I had a bad breakup. And it was like a, a spiraling happened in my life. And it almost turned into what I know as a dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. And that is when... <laughs> I began to find my way back to spirit. And spirit, uh, you know, through, I got a hunger for reading spiritual text, and I found my way to a book called A Course in Miracles. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my Lord, that was, that was amazing grace in book form. And I, I'm not someone who just kind of reads something and sets it down. I've always been somebody that would embody those teachings. So as a, as a physical education teacher, as we're waiting for our classes to come and be picked up, I had those lessons written down on a piece of paper in my pocket. And I would take it out and read it in between classes and actually embody it throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So that's how I found my way to the spiritual practice uh, that I'm on now. And there, there are other things that have happened since then that led me to uh, agape. And maybe we can get into that. But that's the short version. Mm-hmm. What a great idea to have the teachings of, of the Course of the Course in Miracles and then read it before going in front of your students or going to teach to us. And then it was on the hour, which is one of the things the course teaches in the workbook, because the workbook is the crux of the course, because what it's trying to do is replace a thought system based on fear with a thought system based on love. So there's two separate parts of it. The first half is breaking down that thought system based on fear. The second half is is embodying a thought system based on love. And some of the teachings have you practice it at the hour. So it was a perfect use of my time I felt like beautifully uh, orchestrated and also it sounds like truly the foundation or the or the returning to a foundation already established but in this way it sounds like there was a um, a choice involved for you yes you that you chose to return to spirit without the dogma and in a different manner yes Um, and so this, of course, in miracles then became a, a, a foundation for what you were experiencing yes. in the physical, in circumstances, in appearances, because life just kept on happening. Yes. Well, and I, I do also have to give credit where credit is due because uh, one of the teachers that I met suggested I read Joel Osteen's book, Your Best Life Now. And I know a lot of people are not a big Joel Osteen fan, but the one thing I appreciate about him is he helped me bridge my Baptist upbringing with the new thought of A Course in Miracles. So whether he admits he teaches A Course in Miracles or, or has studied it, there is a correlation between what he was he was bringing to the platform and the way he was interpreting the Bible that really helped bridge that gap and brought me back to the place where I can truly say that in the arms of the infinite, I found a peace unbound. And that's that's a song I wrote when I was 18 years old. And so I have to give credit where credit is due with him, too. So much to add, just nodding to the manifest consciousness of us experiencing what we perceive and even a lyric you're writing as a teenager coming into fruition in your consciousness 
years later, not that linear time is relevant, but just again, yes. nodding to the powerful co-creator that you are of your own experience, because yes. I know you take full responsibility for, for the consciousness and the perception that you, that you are, are experiencing. And also it sounds like Deb, you're speaking to that old adage when the student is ready, the teacher will yes. appear. We're yes. all, we are all students <clears throat> internally uh, and, and have agreed to be such. Yes. And, I feel that you're speaking into when I was ready, I, th this intelligence came. And when I was in this space, this intelligence came as if yes. the, 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 I have to call it love intelligence. There's nothing yes. else that could capture it. It, it meets us where we are when we're ready. Yes, absolutely. Books almost fall off the shelf. You know, and for me, words have heat on them. And it says, pay attention. And so sometimes I'll, and that's how I can draw things for a, for a talk out of the air, because I, I said, oh, I'm going to put that in my pocket, and I think I can use that, use that later. And uh, so that's one of the gifts that has served me well. And, you know, and I'm grateful for it. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. And Deb, how how was the journey from going from being um, a principal to becoming a practitioner? I mean, you gave us a little bit of the yeah. of the beginning of it. Yeah. But yeah, I would love to get well, into that. Well, I have always in my teaching, and that's the one consistent thing in my life, um, has been my relationship uh, with my career as a, as a teacher. And, you know, to be honest, I'm, I'm doing now as a practitioner what I have used to have to do covertly. <laughs> as as a principal because I've always been able to see the statue and the stone as Michelangelo did mm -hmm. and and be able to draw that out in my students so as practitioners we remember the truth of each person that is before us knowing that they have all the answers that there is nothing to do or fix and I used to do that with my students and with with my teachers and so the transition was was not that that difficult because I was already doing those. I was praying in my building. You know, I had surrounded myself with faith uh, based people that were in my inner circle. We prayed in my office as much as we prayed anywhere else in that building. You know, and I, you know, I had parents praying in my office. I had the pastors from the community come in and pray in the main office. So prayer was always a strong, you know, we kind of got away with that. Lord knows <laughs> it's not necessarily something you're supposed to do in the South. But, and I also visited every single church that served my community. And I believe I was anointed probably four or five times within those churches. Mm -hmm. I remember one of them saying, the pastor said, now, Miss Vaughn, this is just a little bit of oil. It is not going to hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> so look, anoint me as much as you want to anoint me. I I will take it. Wow. And it it was very hard to leave um, my school because I loved my children. I loved my teachers, and I I love my parents and my community. And I love being in service. But because I had a baby immune system, I couldn't be there. So as soon as I knew Spirit was calling me in a different direction, I began praying for the new administrator that this this woman would be a woman of God, a woman who could take this school to where it really needed to be, and that she would she he or she would be the perfect fit uh, for this community. And I tell you what, God showed up, showed out, and the perfect person. Actually, I, I saw her. She was a student teacher when I was a teacher at, at my school um, at Weber. And so she Audrey is perfect. She's taking them where they need to be. It's almost like God used me as as to to plow the field to to prepare for uh, Audrey. So I'm so proud to have been a part of that journey, and and knowing that God has something else in store for me, and I could go with ease and grace, knowing my my family was well cared for. So, mm -hmm. and when did you find a God day? 
Well, it was actually, I went on a trip to uh, see Edwin Gaines. She's a prosperity teacher down in uh -huh. Alabama with, with my friend uh, Gina. And uh, Gina was telling me about Reverend Michael, and I'd already seen him on Super Soul Sunday uh, with Oprah. And she said, Deb, I really think that agape is a perfect match for for what your beliefs are and and what you're practicing and so she invited me to to check it out and so I, I you know after we got back from uh from edwin's retreat i started uh watching uh, youtube videos and i think one of the first ones i saw was the one on life visioning and I was working at the district office at the time and pushing paper, and I don't think I could ever be more miserable <laughs> in my life, but they didn't want me to be around germs. And so I started catching this vision that I should retire, hmm. that something else was seeking to emerge. And so I kept checking out the Agape's website um, wanting to you know when they were going to have those classes and so i decided to retire and in january i took my first january of 2019 i took my first class and probably with you guys of uh, the uh, meditation and evolution of consciousness with reverend michael and at that point uh, i was home mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's been a fast track since then Yes, absolutely. And then life visioning came after that. I found myself in a breakout session with a room with uh, Michelle Bourne, who is, was at the time partners with Reverend Victoria, and they were moving to Virginia Beach to start an agape church there. And so I ended up traveling to Virginia Beach, and the next month I was singing at Virginia Beach at Agape. So that's divine order. I mean, that's all there is to it. <laughs> All right, all right. This is this is going to be our challenge right now, my sisters. Help me segue from Deb studying at Agape. All right, yes. and you're on the prac track. You're becoming a, prof a licensed professional spiritual practitioner, educator, therapist, and and servant, yes. <laughs> and many other things. Yes, um, and you're you're still tending to your health journey. Yes. And we get a song before graduation. We get we come to the birth of a of one of many creative expressions. Yes, through and as you as a musician. So can we get up till right before the birth yeah. of this song, and then we can introduce yes. this beautiful bit of music. Well, and, and you know we were at the very end of practitioner studies. We were getting ready to present our workshop to the community and and my group's workshop was on on relationships and i'm telling you right now that was a putting that workshop together uh was a challenging thing because you know the four of us were all artists in some way shape or form you know i was a musician you know aida's a dancer um, and Tiffany is the actor, and then the artist was Anne. And then we also happened to be a Virgo, a Scorpio, a Gemini, and a Pisces. So it sounds like a bar joke already, right? <laughs> <laughs> and the theme is relationship. Yes, yes. Which, which, you, one, which you can't make this up. <laughs> which one are you, just out of curiosity? Oh, I'm the Virgo and the musician. Okay. So, so the Virgo and the Scorpio kind of held it down a little bit and got every, you know, we circled the wagons and so it was a powerful workshop we all grew and there was you know there you can't have a relationship workshop with that mixture without having a little bit of conflict so I didn't find out about my numbers rising because the uh, multiple myeloma is a bone marrow cancer and they track it by something called an M spike and so for four years there was no trace of an M spike and it really it popped up in January but I didn't notice it on my blood work they didn't call attention to it. And I'm usually very meticulous when I'm reading through my growth work, before, my um, my blood work. But for some reason, spirit, <laughs> I wasn't allowed to see it, right? And so after we finished this workshop, the marker popped up and I noticed it, right? And so I was, my first thought was, okay, what is going on? 
You know, here I am at the end of practitioner studies. I've said yes to being an agape licensed practitioner. You know, I'm ready to show up and be in service. And so the first thing that I did was I I had to stop before I, I reached out and go into that life visioning process to say, okay, what is seeking to emerge in, through, and as this multiple myeloma experience, this, these numbers rising again? Because to be honest with you, I thought I had already learned everything I needed to learn the first time. <laughs> and so, you know, and a part of the life visioning process is, that, you know, what do we have to let go of? And one of the things that I learned through the process, because the answers don't always come immediately, but they do come. And that is I had to let go of attachment to outcome. Oh, my gosh, which is so not easy when there are diagnoses and numbers and things in the material world. Yes. I mean, that takes a real... Yes, and I had already embodied the fact that my physical birth is not my beginning. My physical death is not my end. I am an eternal being. So that that helped, and yet I have things I know in my heart that I am called to do while I'm here. But in order to make myself available to the healing process, I had to let go of attachment to outcome and what it should look like and, and what form it should come in. Because my doctor wanted to hit this thing, you know, just throw the chemo and hard dose stuff at it. And it was very early. It wasn't like it was 75% like the first time. But something in my spirit said, hold up, we don't have to do that. And so then another part of the, the life visioning process is, you know, what do I need to embody? What quality do I need to embody? And it came to me trust. Trust in a power and a presence greater than myself, closer than my breath, that everything is all right already. And, lean, and, and know that I am going to be guided as to what is mine to do. And so not long after that, Reverend Michael came to our class to speak to us. And he was talking about a friend of his who was in a very challenging situation. And, and Reverend Michael invited them to embody and to practice, make it their job to make an awareness of their one time, their, their unity with God, their oneness with God, their full time job. Mm -hmm. And invited them to read the 91st Psalms where it talks about, I abide in the shadow of the Almighty, that God has given its angels to, to watch over us so that we won't even hurt our foot on a stone, that no disease will come nigh our door, that we will be honored with a long life. And to read that, you know, twice in the morning, twice at midday, and twice before we go to bed at night. So I made that my full-time job. My, another mantra of mine is, is from A Course in Miracles where it talks about I am one self united with my creator. I think it's Lesson 95. And when I was going in to have my bone marrow biopsy to... Um, to see where we were, where the cancer was. And I had Jen and Aida uh, holding vigil for me. They were like little Jedi Knights. I could feel them in the room mm. surrounding me. And uh, that was probably the most easy bone marrow biopsy I have ever had in my life because I felt their power and presence in there. And I kept repeating, I am one self united with my creator, which means I'm one self united with God and all the qualities of God are available to me right now, always and in all ways. And so I was able to get, th get through that and with ease and with grace. And it came back that there was 20% was cancer at that time. And so I just asked for guidance, you know, and uh, I was led to to work with Reverend Cynthia Ambry. She did some energy work with me to clear those chakras. Uh, a friend of mine, Gina Gibson, is a holistic uh, healer. And so you know, she did some tapping with me and um, also some remedies that are homeopathic that she had given me. And Matthew Baumuller, he was my practitioner at the time and still is one of my 
people I have on speed dial, he was talking about vitamin C treatments and finding a holistic medical doctor near me that might be able to provide that with me. So everywhere along the way, there were these little breadcrumbs for me to follow. And my numbers, even though I was practicing these things, I was practicing the presence, the numbers kept rising. And sometimes it felt like a kick in the gut, you know. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, I'm, I'm doing this. What else, what else do I need to do? And um, so I remember saying to myself, surely I have the faith of a mustard seed. Because, you know, the Bible says if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to a mountain, move, and it will move. And so that's where the seed was was planted uh, for this song. And if you look at a mustard seed, hmm. it's a very tiny seed. And if we, we are told if we have that much faith, that spirit will enter because, you know, spirit will not go anywhere where it's not, not invited. We have free will. So in inviting the spirit and takes what faith that we have and multiplies it. So in the midst of this, while my numbers had risen from three to nine, and I finally got an appointment with uh, the holistic medical doctor here, and my numbers were at point nine, this song came to me, and it's called A Faith of a Mustard Seed. And I'll share it with you now, if that's okay. Yes, please. Yes, please. So I, I'm grateful for this song. And I'm even more grateful to have written it before the numbers dropped. Because to me, that's, that's what faith is, right? Faith in the unseen.
Thank you, Deb. Song always makes me cry. <laughs> yeah, I can feel it in my heart. It's um, the strength, the resilience of the human spirit. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for creating that song, for singing it. And I know that many of our listeners, including myself, were receiving, receiving every word. Thank you for the visual of the monster seed because it helps. It's so teeny. Yes. And that's all we need. So the numbers continue to drop. And as we moved into initiation, you know, we all got one-on-one -on -one time with Reverend Michael. Mm -hmm. And I remember after he had, had given me my quality, which was trust, by the way, <laughs> to embody, which I felt like was perfect. He asked if there, if I had any question for him and if there was anything he I wanted to say. And the thought occurred to me that perhaps I should ask Reverend Michael to pray for me. Mm. And I heard something in my spirit say that the same spirit that lives in through and as Reverend Michael is the same spirit within you. Mm. And so at that moment, I knew I didn't have to ask Reverend Michael to pray for me. So all I could think to express to him was how grateful I was to be in the moment I was with, with him, and to say I love you and thank you to him. Mm -hmm. That was enough. Mm -hmm. Oh, what a blessing that was to realize that I could be my own guru and pray for mm -hmm. myself and it would be just as effective as having Reverend Michael do it. And, well, you know, the A Course in Miracles teaches that we're all joined on the level of mind. So I know I didn't have to say anything. I know he knew mm -hmm. without a shadow of a doubt mm -hmm. and that everything was all right already. And the numbers continue to drop after that. Let's take a, a pause here and reflect on you shared, and, and not all of our listeners are aware of agape or of the, the what goes on when we are um, anointed and initiated into the ecclesiastical order that is known as the agape licensed spiritual practitioner core, something that yes. Deb and Paula and I did together. And just to reiterate what you shared, Deb, uh, you were anointed and given a spiritual quality. And, and if if you all, you know, you can correct me on this if you don't agree, but also I see it as a spiritual name yes. as well in that private ceremony with, with Michael. And yours was trust. Mm -hmm. And so will you share with our listeners any insights you have around the essence of the word trust? You know, you said that words you know, they have a frequency to them and an intelligence to them. Tell yes. us what you understand about the essence of, of the suggestion of this thing we call trust. Please. You know, I, I think about Dr. Martin Luther King as trust is, is taking a step without seeing the whole staircase. Mm -hmm. It is absolute knowing that I am held that I am always seen, that I am always heard, that I am guided, guarded, and protected everywhere I go, and that I can lean into a power and a presence that is always with me, and that I can trust and know without a shadow of doubt that, that I'm all right already. feels as if gratitude is also a part of that consciousness, as you mentioned briefly a few moments ago. Will you share with us what's the value? Let's say someone doesn't have gratitude as a part of their practice, and they are tired of hearing this idea of, well, get a gratitude journal. Can you mm -hmm. can you just hit it from another you know perspective and you share know, with us what you know about gratitude? You know, I, I'm grateful for every time I get to take a breath. You know, it's it's a finding, a, a, and that's a part of my journey now is being in constant gratitude in addition to an awareness of my oneness with God, 
just paying attention to all the good things in my life that I I get to enjoy, that, you know, I'm grateful for my home. I'm grateful for my friends. I'm grateful for the gifts and talents and skills that I've been given for the journey. I'm grateful for the opportunities to serve. I'm grateful for the way I watch spirit make ways out of seeming no way. Mm-hmm. You know, but, uh, you know, I, I find gratitude in Georgia, my pit bull, just coming up to me, loving me unconditional. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something I can do constantly. And before I go to bed at night, as I'm drifting off to sleep, I go through my day and just speak about the things that I'm grateful for. And it's so funny because I have Alexa right by my bed and I had just mm-hmm. asked her to turn off the light. And so I began my gratitude statements and Alexa said, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just I, it's not something I have to write out. It's just a, for me, it's a practice. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, thank, thank you, God, for teaching, for helping me to cook a good meal. You know, mm-hmm. I'm grateful right. for my taste buds. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, Paul and I were talking about spiritual liberation before. And when my in the early chapters, Michael starts talking about one of the classmates um, having some kidney stuff going on. And he mm-hmm. invites yes. a group of people to just be grateful every time they, they urinate. And he calls yes. it a pee-pee prayer. Yes. I look here, I do it too. I know, I do too. <laughs> I am grateful for the process of elimination. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I pee enough times a day to, to have that be a spiritual practice. <laughs> I mean, so much to be grateful for. I mean, my body is a is a healing machine. Yes. You know, uh, and uh, and grateful for the power of prayer. My goodness. Mm. And I'm grateful for the mighty companions that join me on my journey, Jen and Paola and, and Aida. So, uh, so many people that, that we can lean into. And because, uh, you know, we don't always... Uh, on this this spiritual high that that I find myself in a lot of times. Sometimes I got to dig deep and and do a mobile shout out. So I'm grateful for the mighty companions that join me on this journey, and I can still keep it real with folks when I'm speaking on Sunday at Jubilee uh, Circle, because that's what people want to hear: authentic stories, authentic testimony about our experience with God. Mm-hmm. In good times and challenging times, you know, it's like um, Reverend Michael speaks about in uh, spiritual liberation. So what people call the not so good stuff is really the good stuff seeking to emerge in through and as these these experiences that we have if we ask empowering questions. And so the the thing that came up for me with this this last experience as the numbers picked up again, you know, was gratitude. Just be in gratitude for everything. And that's one of the things Gina Gibson shared with me that, that would be beneficial to my health to, to make that a practice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that you would bring that up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I I want to ask you this question, Deb. Um, have you always been this way, this resilient, this uh, courageous to know the truth despite the the circumstances or the you know the numbers, the diagnosis? Because you know, as we listen to you, I mean, the amount of inspiration, and if she can do it, I can do it. Like that's what yes. I'm doing. Um. But some people may say, well, you know, I don't have what that has, you know, and they do. We know they do. But have you yes. always been this way? And what would you tell someone that uh, right now is going through a difficult situation, whether that is health wise or in their marriage or in their financial, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, you know, financial aspect of life? Uh, what yes. would you tell them? How can they start so that? At some point, they can have the strength and the faith and the trust and the gratitude that you have. Well, I do have to give credit to my mother. 
because mm-hmm. she she was one of the most strongest women I've ever known, especially dealing with her health issues. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember coming to her with girlfriend problems or whatever, and I had a breakup. And she would always say, Deborah Ann, you got two choices. You can lay down and wallow in it, or you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps and keep moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I had that in, in, ingrained in me um, from a, a young adult on uh, that, that, that we can, And my father reminded me that, that I come from strong people, resilient uh, people. And I, but I have to say, it, it has to go back to A Course in Miracles. You know, and how it replaced that thought system based on fear. Oh, well, it's me. There's no hope. You know, I might as well, you know, give up to to transferring to a thought system based on love where everything is for me. That I am not a body, that I am free, for I am still as God created me is one of my most favorite quotes from. A Course in Miracles, and that God's will for me is perfect joy and happiness, mm-hmm. and that happiness is a choice, and it isn't dependent upon outside circumstances. Mm-hmm. And when another person that was a, a great inspiration to me was an agape-licensed spiritual practitioner, uh, Peggy Zimmerman. And she would write in inner visions monthly. And she was resilient in her practice right up to the time of her transition. She was practicing the presence. She was seeing clients. And she was rising regardless of what was going on in her body temple. And and to me, that was a powerful, powerful example to, to follow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, like I said, the first, second instant was, do you want to live? Mm-hmm. And then this last experience last year was, where are you holding back from life? Mm-hmm. You know, out of fear of catching germs, out of fear of doing this, the, that, and the other. And as I examined that, that was when it was on. I'm gonna live full tilt. You know, I was I felt the call to go to, to go to ministerial school, but there was a little part of me like, well, what if you don't get to finish? Mm-hmm. You know, what if you transcend? And and uh Matthew Bob Mueller said, Deb, none of this is wasted. All of this work that you're doing in, in practitioner studies, none of it is wasted because we take that with us wherever we are, wherever we transcend to. And I just I just know in my spirit that I'm okay regardless. And I knew that before going into uh, stem cell transplant. I knew that, and I have on my arm, Maya Angelou's Still I Rise, because I knew that regardless on this physical plane or another, I was rising without a shadow of a doubt. And so I leaned in into that. And so I guess that's where my resilience comes comes because in the realization that I'm an eternal being. Yes. Yes. And you know, we and Reverend Michael said a belief is a placeholder for knowing. And knowing comes from direct experience. Yes. So it's through the pattern of this year, it's through the other things that I've seen God do that I have developed this absolute knowing that God is for me. Even that verse in 91 where it says you will not be allowed to hurt your foot in a stone. I was in a parking garage getting ready to go into jury duty. I felt my foot hanging on this much of a curb and I felt myself begin to fall and I was caught. Mm. So when we get the evidence thereof, Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right, man. This stuff is real. Mm-hmm. Then it's easier to embody. You know, it's what we we have to take back our consciousness. Mm-hmm. We 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 are not our thoughts. We are the awareness of our thoughts, and we get to choose which ones we're going to entertain. Mm-hmm. And I dare not listen to that loud voice in my head because the ego speaks first, the ego speaks loudest. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, well, thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it does. And I do have one more. Um, in okay. this healing journey, um, have you had, because you're talking about what you cultivated, what you brought into your life even stronger mm-hmm. um, in the last years. What have you let go? I had to let go of attachment to outcome. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was, I, I, and I originally said, um, that I wanted to be able to speak from this platform. I wanted to be able to teach from this experience. And I felt like I had to do it from a space of complete and total healing that I couldn't speak with authority unless everything was perfect. Mm -hmm. And I had to let go of that notion that what does perfect look like anyway? You know, what, what's more important for a person to see? Is it more important for a person to, to be able to watch your journey and, and how you, you rolled with spirit through each and every phase of it, from the yays to the, mm-hmm. let me catch myself for a moment, mm-hmm. to, to trusting and continuing to trust and, and what's a more powerful thing. And, you know, for me, it's a moment by moment awareness that God is for me, not against me. Yes. And, and uh, Reverend Cynthia gave me this mantra. It says, I am connected to everything and attached to nothing, which for me is I'm not attached to outcome. I enjoy things as they come. And, mm. and it, it's been amazing. And this last time I went in to see my doctor, whom I called Doogie Hauser, tongue in cheek, because ah. he's a young, young fellow. And he had told me that the numbers were going to continue to rise. And I told him to get thee behind me mm-hmm. and not to put that word in my atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And then I also had a conversation with him about being more mindful of what he says to other people because they would take it and be, you know, head down like and just give up. And so uh, this this experience allowed me to have those kinds of conversations with him. And so when I went in to see him this month... He said to me, well, you should always do what I tell you to do because I'm always right. But he was doing it tongue in cheek because he knew the numbers were zero and it had nothing to do with what he said to do. (laughs) (laughs) So he's opened his mind. In fact, he asked me, he was like, well, where do you go to church? (laughs) Right. (laughs) What books are you reading? He wants a little bit of what you have. (laughs) Yes, yes. So that was a blessing right there, so. Uh, just being able to have that have that relationship with him and be able to and I you know I even wrote an intervisions article about being called to the principal's office because I know he feels like that's where he is sometimes (laughs) hey whatever it takes yeah I know that you are a beneficial presence when you go around and I know on the day those are some of your favorite days when you get to go back to oncology you get to go back and and do these visits you walk in there like a messenger you are in service I'm a light bearer yeah. You know, and I used to go in and think, oh, I've got to start in the parking lot. I bless all the cars and all the people because it can take your breath away when you see that parking lot filled with people and children going through that experience. And um, my friend Gina, she said, well, Deb, maybe switch to being a light bearer mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of being, you know, you know, being responsible for changing the atmosphere, being a thermostat. Just be the light. Just be you. And it's been such a blessing because they'll come up and they'll tell me, you know, Miss Varn, you really do make a difference every time you come. And, and we really do listen to what you you have to say when you're in here. So, you know, I do bless the cashiers. I bless the people that draw my blood. I bless uh, the, the intake nurses, everybody, you know, and just and so gra- grateful. And I bless the space that I enter the doctor's office and whoever enters after me. Wow. That they may feel the peace of God when they enter that room. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Thank you for being you. Thank you for the light that you bring to us. This is so, it's touching me to the core all the way down from my heart to the gut. You have no idea. Mm-hmm. Every word you say, your experience, the authority of your words. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. Thank you. 
Yeah. Oh, I could, I have so many more questions <laughs> that we're going to have to <laughs> invite you again. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. Thank you for all, all the gifts that you gave us with today with your testimony uh, and, and, and yeah, I'm knowing wholeness, wholeness for you, because yes. for your body temple. Thank you. I would like to add one more thing, Paul, if it's okay. Yes. And that is that as we say yes to spirit, mm -hmm. you better hold on because mm -hmm. doors will open. You know, I said yes to spirit and I ended up on agape stage during initiation <laughs> singing. Yeah, I was like, well, I was, just, I was like, hold up, hold up, that was quick, <laughs> and then you know, I said yes to to speaking uh, at Jubilee Circle, and now I'm I'm there twice a month uh, with the opportunity to do that, and you know, it, the more we say yes, the spirit says, let's go. And so, and then for you all to give me this opportunity uh, to share, I am very, very grateful. Thank you both. It is truly our privilege, Deborah. I'm so honored to witness the light that is your very essence and being, how beautifully you shine and sparkle. I'm going to share with Paola and our listeners that I have a, a, a name that I have given to Deborah Ann Varn, and I think it's going to stick because it's also <laughs> like trust. It is a perfect name for her, and that is Reverend Sparky because she's so <laughs> full of light and spark, the spark of genius that is the, the light of creation that, uh, please join me in hashtag Rev Sparky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love you, Deborah. I, you. I love you. You make me smile every time you call me that. I know, I know I'm a booster cable always starting something. <laughs> I'm glad you know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and I hear here to what Paula said. Come on back, Deborah. Come yes. on back and speak with us and share with us. And and uh, you're always welcome here. And you're always at home wherever Paula and I are. We love you. Oh, well, thank you so much for the honor and privilege. And you know, I couldn't be more in joy and grateful for both of you. And and I've watched your podcast, man. Some powerful folks have been on here, mm -hmm. and. Uh, Made me a little nervous, but I just leaned into trust and knew it was going to be all right. Yeah. Right on, Deb. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. And please like this episode, share with your friends, and we will see you in another episode of, of Peace Teaching Podcast. Goodbye. Peace to all. Bye-bye. This has been a Peace Teaching Thank you for being an active listener in this sacred conversation. We love you, we appreciate you, and we bless your life. Peace be with you.